BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Kohler Smart Toilets introduce a new standard of design and cleanliness, sculptural forms, intuitive technology, and total personalization with integrated warm water cleansing, heated seats, and warm air dryers. For peace of mind and convenience, there are touchless lids, seats, flush, and a self-sanitizing bidet wand. Now you can even use voice commands with Numi 2.0, featuring built-in Amazon Alexa. Explore the complete lineup at Kohler.com slash smart toilets and discover what you've been missing. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas, Register today at thisisils.org. We've seen all the video call fails by now, the mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Today on the podcast, I'm super excited to have comedian Jonas Barnes. Thank you for doing the pod. Yeah, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Well, you are also an, uh, a horror podcaster as well. Uh, um, do you want to tell everyone what your podcast is called? Yeah, I uh, I am on uh, another goddamn horror podcast. And, uh, <laughs> we, we were thinking about it. We, we dropped uh, the F-bomb in the first title and somebody already had that title. So we were like, Okay, so we're not the only douchebags. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, and I'm so excited to hear your story. Are you in Are you in New York? Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn. Great. I'm over in great, Bushwick. Great. Cool. With with all the comedians in Bushwick, I love when I lived in New York. I lived in Red Hook, but um, I would say to my husband, I don't think we're taking our comedy careers seriously enough because otherwise we'd be <laughs> in Bushwick. Where do, Where do your stories take place? Are they New York stories? So funny enough, uh, one of my stories is super old, uh, and it's a story about the first time that I kind of realized that I believed in ghosts Ooh. slash spirits slash something outside of our physical body. Um, and that was actually when I was 16. 
Um, so that one definitely not was there was not a New York. That wasn't even in a U.S. even in the U.S. Um, oh, where did you grow up? So I grew up in the U.S. I actually grew up in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. uh, Seattle, Portland area. Um, I have quite the auspicious beginning. I was born homeless in Portland, Oregon. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. My mom is awesome. She like hustled pool and stripped, like just to keep us alive. And then uh and then we moved to Washington State. Lived there for most of my pretty much my entire um childhood and everything was uh in Washington State. And then um I lived in Portland for a little while after that again, and then eventually moved to New York for the entertainment stuff. So. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So where is your where does your story take place? Germany. Ooh, I was just yeah. there. Okay. Um, where, and where I Germany? had a horrible experience. I left my phone on a train. Ha ha ha. Uh, oh. I, <laughs> I went, I did a day trip to Trier and then uh, uh, when I was in Luxembourg and then I went to Frankfurt to visit friends and um, Frankfurt is not the coolest. Uh, no. And then we went to another oh God, a small, a small city that I cannot remember the name of, which is where I left my phone. My phone ended up in Nuremberg. That has been very coolly went to Nuremberg to go get it and bring it back to me. So that was Listen, very nice. can you just like go to another city in Germany to pick up my phone that I kind of left on a train? Like <laughs> it was honest, it was mm-hmm. like the nicest thing he's ever done for because it was so expensive to get there. I'm like, we both can't go. And he's like, Well, you're not going without a phone. And I was like, I'll take your right. phone. And maybe this is all a play for him to not me to not see what's on his phone but whatever uh, maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you try to take his phone he's like absolutely not i'm yeah, getting on yeah. the train right now <laughs> yeah totally that's, that's exactly how it happened uh anyway where is your st- i'm going so off topic this evening but i'm sorry uh where's your okay. story so my story uh goes back to when i was 16 so i was uh 16 years old and i was in high school and we had this weird thing that happened in high school where we did a trip to europe that wasn't technically sponsored by the school but it was done by the teachers in the school during summer break. So okay. during it was during a break time. Cool. So it wasn't like so it wasn't sponsored by school, but there was a lot of teachers involved with it and a lot of students. And we also met up with a bunch of students that were similar from uh, from the south. And I want to say it was like it was one of the Carolinas, um, but it was like it was a cool trip. So we what we did is we actually flew into uh, we flew into Frankfurt, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I agree with you on that. Um, Frankfurt is not the coolest. Um, we flew into there. Then we did like a little round robin thing around Europe. So the whole trip was actually started in Frankfurt, went down through Germany. We went to like Munich, Heidelberg, like we went to a bunch of different places. And then we came back up through like Switzerland, Austria. Like it was this big, like awesome trip. That's so so um, at this point in my life, I was not like, I'm not religious really in any way, shape or form mm-hmm. um, and from like an organized religion standpoint. Um but at this time, I kind of had the split thing going where, like, my parents were definitely not religious, but they weren't, like, they weren't also, like, you know, like, there's no God or, like, anything mm-hmm. like that. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. anything like that. But then my extended family was, like, psychotically religious. Okay. So, like, I couldn't even watch the Ninja Turtles movie because they said it was satanic. So I'm like, oh all right. <laughs> I, was, I was somewhere in the middle where I was like, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's going on. So, yeah. like, it was just, I don't know what's going on. My brain at that point just, like, had no real 
like uh, grasp of whether there was like any kind of an afterlife or like a you know spirits or ghosts or whatever but I was into horror so like ghosts were a thing that I knew about and they mm-hmm. were a thing that I was interested in mm-hmm. so we go to Europe and when we're in Germany one of the things that we were doing because it was partially a school trip type of thing was we were hitting a lot of the places that were like historical educational stuff that was just like oh yeah we can actually tell you cool stuff that you might learn about next year yeah and one of those places that we went to was Dachau anybody that's not aware of what Dachau is it is a concentration camp definitely not the funnest side trip in the world uh in fact we're we're going for sad boy trip here uh so (laughs) That was like one of the things, but also we were all interested in like the history of it because like the stuff that we learned in school was just through books and everything like that. But like to see it face to face was just like it was a whole different animal. Yeah. But there was a very specific moment where my brain clicked and also the experience was shared with multiple people in the group where something happened to where it was just like, oh, shit, that's something else like that's another thing like that's there's something else going on that is not physically with us right now and it was kind of a thing where all of us looked at each other like did you because i did you could we both okay i'm like, so excited so what happened like first off just to give you a little build up to this when we were there it was hot mm-hmm. like it was very hot there it was okay. um it was not like there wasn't even a breeze like it was sticky it was gross. It it's did not. Summer. Yeah, it yeah. was just it was nasty. So the reason I bring that up is because when we went there, um, the entrance to Dachau has like arches and it has like, you know, it has a lot of the stuff that you would see in textbooks and things like that. Like a lot of the pictures, very accurate, like, you know, to what they are, even if they've been like, you know, broken down over the years, there's still very specifically an entrance to this place. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we all walk up here. We're all sweating. We're all hot. We're all miserable. We're just like, ugh. And now we're going to a concentration camp. This is going to be fun. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're all, we're all like feeling it. Okay. The moment that we walked through that gate, it was ice cold. Whoa. But it was just at the entrance of the gate. So, like, when, but it wasn't ice cold from an external standpoint like Uh it wasn't like we had icy air blowing on us it wasn't like or one of those like air curtains that they yeah yeah they have in the summer basically yeah or right it was nothing like that it wasn't even on our skin like it wasn't that like our skin was still sweating and hot and everything like that but to our core it was instantly ice cold oh my gosh but it was the kind of ice cold where it was not like like, if you've ever taken an ice plunge or if you've ever, like, stepped in a cold thing of water or something like that, it wasn't that kind of a chill. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, something hit you in the chest that sent a wave of chill through your whole body. Oh, my gosh. So, when I felt it, I immediately was like, whoa, what the fuck was that? Like, like, I was like, what was that? And then I look over at, like, the rest of the people that are there with me. And all of them had, like, not all of them, but I would say at least half of the people had, like, a very similar reaction where they were like, whoa. I wonder if that that? happens, like, every time. I have no idea. Like, and the thing that was weird about it is, like, we looked around, too. All of us were looking around was like, we were like, is there, like, an air conditioner around here? Like, what is, is there, what was that? Like, and, like, 
also it was again we were in a group of people so we weren't like shouting it from the rooftop so we were kind of looking at each other like did you get cold like because that was like I, I felt like I was shivering but like on the inside and they were like yeah dude like I felt that too and it was kind of like it was this whole thing back and forth where we were kind of just looking at each other like whoa like that was that was strange yeah and so as we're taking this tour throughout the grounds again there's nothing there's nothing happy about this place so you're gonna have those feelings of like somber sadness those things you're gonna have those things anyway but when we would get to certain places in it like in the in the grounds you would kind of have that feeling again. It wasn't mm-hmm. as intense as when you walked in, mm-hmm. but like when you would get to certain parts of it where there was like a particularly large amount of um, trauma that happened, mm-hmm. you know, like a mass grave or something like that, like mm-hmm. a place that there was very clearly a very large amount of trauma that happened. You would get there and you would have this, like, again, this feeling of like unease, but like very chilly, cold unease, oh, you know? Man. Um, so it happened multiple times throughout the trip uh, at that specific place. And like yeah. I said, it was one of those things where we were just looking at each other is like, like, we didn't take any drugs. Like, it's not that kind of trip. Like, yeah. Did, did you also feel it? And yeah, we were all of us, you know, a lot of us were just like, whoa, like that's, that was strange. So as we left, I was just like, huh, that tells me that like, at least for me per- personally, that tells me that there's something there, even if it's just energy. Yeah. Like, even if it's just energy that is, like, is unresolved or, you know, just something like that, whether it's a ghost per se or, you know, whatever the case may be. Right. But it was definitely something otherworldly where it was just like, that was not physical. Like, that was. It just tells you that invisible stuff is real and energy is real. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was the first time, like, it clicked in my head where I was like, okay maybe there's something else going on like because that's wild you know um and i yeah like i said i was 16 and then i never really had anything happen past like i had little things happen here and there where i would see or feel things that would just be like oh that could be a little ghosty you know Mm -hmm. like (laughs) that could be a little spirity i don't know um but nothing like as intense as that was um and just to give everybody an, an idea, I have lived through a lot of things in my life. Like I've I've had lots of loss. I've had lots of like addiction problems. I've had like stuff that I've recovered from. But like I've had lots of things where if there was a potential for, you know, some sort of weird spiritual stuff to happen, like it could have like it for yeah. sure could have, you know, like stepped in and done some. But I never really had any of it. Um. <laughs> and there's one other time I'll actually tell you three things because this one's quick and it's funny. Um, I always kind of actually said this one was because I was stoned, but um, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> it wasn't because I was stoned. It was the most aggressive. Um, it was definitely the most aggressive um, situation I could feel that I that I feel as far as like, um, you know, spiritual stuff goes. I had moved out of my house. I was going through a rough period of time. I just got done being homeless uh, because I was one of those kids that like I moved out. And then, like, even though I failed after I moved out, I was like, I'm not going to move back home. I'm going to, you know, I lived in my Jeep for like six months. I was like, this is really shitty. I'm going to go back somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So so I was living by myself Um, at this time. I was smoking a lot of weed Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it was it was a thing where I had a night where I was particularly stoned. I was watching TV and the apartment that I had was a loft apartment. So it had like spiral staircase, went up to the loft bedroom and living room. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. Super cool bachelor pad. Um, So I had that and uh, the bathroom was like right behind my living room couch. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And because of that, I could hear if something was going on in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like it was because it was right behind me. So it was Mm -hmm. no big deal. So I go in there or I go uh, go into the living room watching TV and all of a sudden I hear something in the bathroom. But what I hear is something slam into my bathroom door. Oh, here. So I'm like, am I so high that somebody broke into the house and I didn't know it? <laughs> <laughs> Did something fall? Crazier things have happened. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I like I was high. Like I was I was baked out of my mind, but I was not like let somebody into my apartment and forget that I did that baked, you know? Right, 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 right. So I get up very hesitantly and I'm like, okay, what the hell was that? And I open up my bathroom uh, door and my body soap that I had from the shower had been thrown all the way across the room. Whoa. And it, was up, it was at the foot of the door. So I was like, uh, again, I was very stoned. So I was like, uh, what happens to be the fuck, sir? <laughs> what is going on? Uh, and then I kind of just left that alone. And I was just like, I'm are you okay. Well, if there's anybody here right now, uh, I don't mean any harm to you. So please don't harm me. Mm-hmm. And then I just went back into my living room and I was like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Like, because that was weird. Um, went to bed, woke up the next morning. And I even thought to myself, I was like, did that really happen last night? And then I looked in my bathroom. Sure enough, same thing. Like it was like all the stuff that was left the way that I had it. And I was yeah. just like, okay, time to move out of this apartment. <laughs> like, definitely. It's cool. Love the spiral staircase. Don't love the roommate. Not a fan of the roommate. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you really leave because you thought it was haunted? I straight up did. Yeah, I did. Oh my and- gosh. <laughs> yeah. After that, I was just like, I was like, you know what? I'm out. I was like, that was, uh, that was enough. Um, what did your landlord say did you ask if it's haunted no no. yeah i was like i actually did have i did ask him if any like crimes had happened in that apartment he was like it's a weird question i was just like he didn't answer okay oh no he said no he said no it's a pretty new development and stuff like that he was like Mm -hmm. so no there's nothing that could happen there i was like all right so um yeah, I, I ended up moving like three months later or something like that. Oh, and then wow. I ended up moving. I moved back in with my parents because I was just like, I'm a fuck up. You know, like <laughs> it happens. Yeah. So I moved back in with my parents. Um, yeah. So those were the those were the early uh, ghostly encounters of my life. Um, and what and you have something that's happened to you recently? Um, so, yeah, recently. Um, I've had a lot of things happen, um, specifically surrounding death over the last year and a half or so. Um, it's been a particularly rough uh, patch as far as death stuff goes. So it kind of like is coming with the territory, I guess, of where if anything's going to happen that's spiritual, it might like, happen now. Yeah. Yeah, it's prime time to do it. Um, so most recently and most crushingly, uh, my fiance died. Oh, gosh, so, I'm so sorry. I mean, it's, you know, um, it, it's it's not fine, but like it's, you know, it, it happened. Um, and like, honestly, this is kind of funny because uh, she was a comedian 
and she was a comedian in Northern California. And I did tell her, like, we kind of like knew that shit was going down because it was addiction related. So mm-hmm. like we kind of we kind of knew that there was a possibility. Um, so it was one of those things like where it was a shock, but it wasn't a surprise. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh! Um, wow. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. I told her that if anything happened um obviously i would i would move on i would do my thing but also i did tell her that i would write jokes about her Mm -hmm. because we were both comics and like when we were going to get married like it was going to be a wedding and then it was going to be a roast for the reception like yeah that's wonderful yeah and like we both have like we both had absolute like toilet minds as far as humor like we Mm -hmm. went dark like we absolutely went dark so the base like so ultimately what happened is she died of liver failure which is you know alcoholism it's it's something that i've experienced multiple times in my life um something that i almost also did myself um but i was able to turn it around luckily um but when i ended up writing about her i just told people that she died trying to make foie gras so like it was just like i said that oh no (laughs) i said that to an audience and you could tell people that were like foodies in the audience they just went oh my god (laughs) yeah so like the other people i had to explain to them what foie gras was and they were like oh god it's so much worse now (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) like what is foie gras if not the most delicious version of liver failure you know so um so when one thing that her and i had in common is that when it came to spiritual stuff we believed in spiritual but not religion Mm -hmm, like so mm -hmm. neither one of us really subscribed to any like you know organized religion in any way shape or form but we also both kind of agreed that like there's there's some other shit going on you know Mm -hmm, there's something mm -hmm. there's something else going on so um i always said that when i whenever i've experienced anything that felt like a visit from somebody that has passed away. It's never been intense. It's never been a thing that's like earth shattering. It's never been a thing where I would like wake up and like be in like a cold sweat or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It was nothing crazy like that, but it was something that was subtle and it was something that was very clear that it was just like, Oh, that's what that was. That's what that, you know, like that's what that was. Mm -hmm. So, um, after she passed away, and after I went to like the memorial and like, you know, after we did all the really hard stuff, you know, like the memorial and the and the actual funeral and like all that stuff, um, I came back home and I had a particularly rough night where it was just like everything was flooding back to me. And I was just like, all right, just go to bed. Just go to bed. Just go to bed. It's OK. Wake up in the morning, go to bed, blah, 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 blah. And at this point, I hadn't like I had had dreams and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that were kind of like memory dreams and shit like that, which was, I feel like is normal. Mm -hmm. But this night, particularly, I went to sleep and the quote unquote dream that I had was her coming back home and getting into bed. But what she took off was something that first off, she would never wear. It was something that was extremely constricting Mm -hmm. and very, very like, like she couldn't move in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then she took it off and she goes, Was it like a shirt or like a corset or something? Like, yeah, like a dress corset thing. Like, it was, it was very, like, you know, that part of it was not super detailed, but it was very clearly something that was constricting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she took it off. And then when she took it off, she kind of like waved her arms to the side and just went, Oh, God, I feel free. And then she Mm -hmm. got into bed. And then I woke up and I was like, Bitch, it is four in the morning. I am not going to go back to sleep. <laughs> well, and now then, I'm going to be thinking about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And then so when I looked at it, I was like, to me, that was kind of like that was kind of like her way of saying, like, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm good now Mm -hmm. because like, I don't know how many people that listen have dealt with like addiction stuff. But like one of the biggest things about addiction when you're in the middle of it is that it feels very constricting. Mm -hmm. It feels like the world around you is kind of like closing in on you. And you don't have any way to get away from it because what you're doing to yourself, I mean, ultimately what you're doing to yourself is trying to trying to run away from all that stuff that's piling in on you, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and everybody's obviously everybody's journey is different. Everybody has it for a different reason, et cetera. But that's the general gist of it in a very, you know, a very layman term type of thing. There's some shit that's trying to crush you and you don't want it to crush you. So you're trying to do something to get away from it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, what you're doing is crushing yourself more, getting more constricted, just Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So like when I had that experience and I woke up from it, it was kind of funny because like I woke up from it and I cried, but I didn't cry like hard. Mm -hmm. It was almost more of a a relief cry Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it was just like, yeah, yeah, you don't hurt anymore. Like, that's what it is, you know, and that was the first time I've ever had an experience where like somebody that had passed away had, quote unquote, visited me mm-hmm. when I was asleep, aside from just like a dream, like a regular dream where I was just like, oh, I had a dream of the time that we were in this place and did this thing. And like, instead of that, it was just like, no, no, no. She literally walked into the room and was like, I'm free now. Like, that's let's so go to beautiful. Bed. That's a really yeah. lovely story. It is. Like, yeah. It, yeah. It was it was one of those things where it was like I said, that was kind of like, you know, I can't even say that like the grief cycle is over because it's not. But like mm-hmm. that was a very that was a very turning point of the grief cycle. And when did this? When was this? So she died on January 10th um, so this year. Yeah. 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 Holy so she died smokes. On, yeah. yeah. So it's I mean, it's still relatively recent. Um, so she died, like the whole timeline of this whole thing is that she died on January 10th and then the, uh, funeral was at the end of January. So I went to California cause it was in her hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went to California, um, read the eulogy, which was rough. Um, don't recommend doing that guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, wrote and read the eulogy. Um, that was the hardest thing that I've ever gone through as far as like death and all that stuff goes. Um, flew back, was still feeling it pretty hard. And then in May, we did kind of like a celebration of her life Mm -hmm. for her birthday. So what we did for that is we went back to California and we got all of her friends together and we did like this whole like thing where people were telling stories and doing jokes and like roasting her and like showing all the artwork and like all these things. And there's actually a painting of her on the walls of the Savage Henry Comedy Club in humble because that's that's where yeah so that's where she was from so went and did that in may and then when i got back from that may that kind of felt like a little bit of closure Mm -hmm, but there was mm -hmm. still definitely something that was holding on like Mm -hmm. something that was like definitely still hooked into me and it was just like oh like it's still something i couldn't shake so then it was pretty shortly after that so i want to say what's august now so i would say right around mid-june is when I had that experience. And that's when stuff kind of started to like make its way into a better place mm-hmm. as far as like the processing of everything went. Cause it was like, 
it allowed me to kind of like back away from it and look at it from an outside perspective mm-hmm. as opposed to an inside perspective just being there with her where it was just like yeah she was suffering like straight up you know she'd she'd had addiction problems for a very long time mm-hmm. and it was one of those things where it was like she would try and then things would happen and then she would try again and things would happen and blah 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 so it was kind of a revolving cycle but this last one it was kind of at the point of no return mm-hmm. and we knew that it was getting close to that so like did, there was some preparation did you know because it. doctors had told you sort of like the thing so here's the other thing she was stubborn as a mule like she was mm-hmm. absolutely stubborn so when she went to the hospital multiple times when she would go to the hospital and the doctors would tell her something about what was going on she would be like well then why the hell am i here like why am i here being miserable plucked full of needles and you know blah 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 so she would leave against medical advice a lot Okay. And like, so there's multiple times where I had to be like, no, dude, you got to stay so they can at least get you to a point where you're, you know, at least comfortable, you know, like that type of thing. And she did that, you know, to her credit, she did that a few times, but then there was as many times where she was just like, to hell with this, I'm out, you know? And so it was one of those things where like the doctor pulled me aside after talking to her and was like, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, if she doesn't stop drinking, she's going to die. Like straight Mm -hmm. up. And she knew that. And so it was like, it was one of those things where like, sometimes, you know how somebody, sometimes somebody will say like, you can only fight for so long. Mm -hmm. Like that's what she felt like. Yeah. And I don't know like if anybody has experience with liver failure and stuff like that, but when it's to a point where it was with her, like when it's in, it's like ending stages or it's final stages. It's bad. Like, for all intents and purposes, there's no way to say it any more succinctly than that, is Mm -hmm. that it's bad. It's painful. It's miserable. It's all those things. So a lot of times when somebody is at that point, they'll just drink more Mm -hmm. because, you know, like, it's just it's a numbing thing at that point. So when when I had this experience with the dream, that told me that that was her way of kind of like just putting a hand on my shoulder and being like, it's cool. Like, you know what? It's cool. I've been trying to rest for 10 years. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it is shitty. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, it's all those things just like death mostly is. But at the same time, there are parts of it where you have to kind of look at it where it's going to happen to everybody. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen to everybody. So if it's a case where you can just like end, you know, whatever the pain was, whatever the suffering was you know you kind of have to look at it from the silver lining aspect in that sense sometimes that's the way it goes you know yeah so so yeah that was the most recent um experience with it and it was wild because like i said i woke up and it was very relieving in the weirdest way because it was like that was creepy but also like but also like i'm way more relieved now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know um so yeah I love ending on that story because it's just, you know, not all, not all weird supernatural stuff is necessarily negative. And I'm really glad that it gave you peace. Yeah. hundred percent. Jonas, so tell people where they can find you, your podcast, your comedy, and anything else you would like to plug. Yeah. So if you want to find me on uh, Twitter, uh, it's uh, just at Jonas Barnes. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Jonas Barnes Comedy. I do both comedy and I also do live concert photography on there. So oh, you'll cool. see photos from like rock shows and stuff like that. Um, and if you want to follow the horror podcast, 
just go to linktree l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash a-g-h-p 666 and we uh we cover so much stuff on the horror podcast we talk to filmmakers we talk to punks we talk to metal artists we talk to visual effects artists we talk anybody that has anything to do with horror or likes horror and does really dope art that we enjoy we talk to them like we're just all about it so um we've got some really cool shows coming up uh really cool episodes coming up because uh the strike has actually shifted things because we're very uh very much on the side of the actors very much on the side of that Mm -hmm. so we've had some guests that we've been like you know what nope till the strike is done we are postponing your episode so we've had to change up some things which has been a thing where at first we were kind of like oh how are we going to do that but then it kind of shifted over to do some cool stuff and it also allowed us to put more attention on indie artists which is good so that's wonderful yeah so if you're into horror definitely check that out um we talk a lot of shit over there it's very fun amazing (laughs) yeah cool thank you so much for doing the podcast thank you thank you for having me on it was good it was cathartic i like it it was oh great Kohler Smart Toilets introduce a new standard of design and cleanliness, sculptural forms, intuitive technology, and total personalization with integrated warm water cleansing, heated seats, and warm air dryers. For peace of mind and convenience, there are touchless lids, seats, flush, and a self-sanitizing bidet wand. Now you can even use voice commands with Numi 2.0, featuring built-in Amazon Alexa. Explore the complete lineup at Kohler.com slash smart toilets and discover what you've been missing. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas, Register today at thisisils.org. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay.